Hey, 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 what's up, guys? It's Coach Mark here of the Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark Podcast. Today, I have a really special guest. Her name is Sarah Ford Bishop, and Sarah has been working as a coach in the fitness industry for the past three years and has been an online nutrition training coach for the past two years. She graduated from the University of South Florida in December 2019 with her master's degree in exercise science with a concentration in strength and conditioning. And she studies under Dr. Bill Campbell and was involved in several studies in his lab. She is a co-author on published and soon-to-be-published research on diet breaks, refeeds, training differences between males and females, as well as a case study on bodybuilders in the post-show season. Sarah competes herself in the NPC bikini division and is a self-proclaimed meathead nerd. She is passionate about helping her clients achieve their goals while educating them along the journey to make lasting changes. And today, I talk talk to Sarah about evidence-based coaching. Let's dive in. All right, Sarah, welcome to the Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark podcast. Hey, Mark, how are you? Thank you. Um, I'm good. Um, we are both in Florida, so I'm probably enjoying the sun, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't complain at all. Yeah. So, um, the listeners heard it in the, in the introduction, in the intro, um, but I want to hear from you. Who is Sarah? Who is Sarah Fort Bishop? Um, tell us a little bit about, about you. Yeah, so I am an online nutrition and training coach, um, work with lifestyle clients, lifestyle athletes, um, competitors in bodybuilding, people that just love the bodybuilding lifestyle. Um, all sorts of people. And I have my master's in exercise science uh, from the University of South Florida, graduated there in December of 2019. Um, I also went there for my undergrad. So I have my, my bachelor's in health sciences as well. Um, so very, you know, passionate about all things nutrition training. Um, personally, you know, I have a background with, you know, eating disorders. So, you know, I always knew I wanted to be in the medical field at some capacity or health field. Um, and as I, you know, started learning more about you know, nutrition and training, you know, I realized, you know, where I felt like I fit in, in the health and fitness industry and how I wanted to help people. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's, that's kind of my, my gig. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, so I really want to go back really, really far from okay. childhood on maybe teenage years. Um, what made you, what was like a point where you, you said, okay, I really want to change or really want to go into the field of fitness, into the field of nutrition and even do research. Um, can you sh shed a little bit lighter than that? Yeah. So like I said, like my bachelor's degree was in health sciences and up until my senior year of college, I was on the nursing track. So I was thinking I was just going to, my goal then at the time was to be a nurse practitioner. So go into the, um, you know, get my master's in nursing. And I actually, you know, I, it was nursing school, at least down here is so competitive. And I had a good GPA, like three, six, three, seven, you know, not, not like a 4.0, but not terrible, you know, um, and I was just having a lot of trouble getting into nursing school. I kept getting, you know, denied from USF. And so I was feeling a little discouraged. And at that time, I was also starting to get into lifting more, um, starting to learn more about um, like 
tracking like macros and like nutrition from a sports and performance standpoint, rather than just your basic nutrition. Um, so I was starting to learn more and I actually took a class in college called weightlifting and I thought it was just going to be like a BS kind of class, like an easy credit. Like I just needed an elect, an elective hour. And it turned out that my, um, the instructor was a, um, a, a grad student in the exercise science program at USF. Um, and so I started learning more through her about the program at USF, the exercise science program. Um, and I actually started learning more about like program design and stuff like that in that class. You know, it, it turned out it wasn't as much of a dumb, dumb yeah. BS class as I thought it was going to be, which is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Lauren, um, the teacher, uh, instructor, she introduced me to Dr. Bill Campbell, who is the, the director at, of uh, the exercise science, the strength and conditioning kind of side, um, the performance and physique lab at USF. So I met with him and, you know, again, she had kind of put it in my ear that, Hey, maybe this is a direction you might want to consider in not nursing school. Uh, so I met with him and it was just kind of like, it, it just clicked like this kind of aligned, like, I think I've always kind of had that little bit of an entrepreneur kind of spirit and kind of talking to him and, you know, talking, he was, you know, familiar with, I'm not sure if you know, like Paul Revelia, uh, Lane Norton, um, Lauren Conlin, like people like that were all kind of in our circle, like at USF and in, in our, you know, kind of mutual uh, acquaintances. So just knowing that that was a direction I could potentially go for myself, um, really appealed to me. And I knew if I wanted to go that route, I wanted to be, you know, I didn't want to just, you know, learn, like I wanted to learn from the best. Right. And I wanted to have that hands-on experience with research, um, and, and get more experience there. So that's why I decided to switch from the nursing track to the exercise science, uh, track and get my master's in that. Yeah. You said something um, that always comes up nowadays, I feel like, um, eating disorders. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to hear your take on it. I would love to hear your experience on it um, and how you maybe um, help people with that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, unfortunately, very common in our industry, right? A lot of people um, come from a eating disorder background. For me, it was anorexia. Um And I think for me personally, when I decided to, so I started, you know, when I was 14 years old was when I was diagnosed and I would say I didn't start like true recovery until I was 19, 20 around that age. Um, so I struggled back and forth, like never really, like I went to treatment a couple times, but it never really clicked. Like I would start doing okay but I wasn't fully bought into recovery, I guess. And I think when I was like 19, 20, I just started realizing like what I was doing and how much I had going for me, you know, career wise, you know, relationship wise. And, you know, I, I started learning again more about, you know, kind of bodybuilding physique sports. And like, I loved that look, that muscular look. And I started learning, oh, wow, if I want to look like that, I have to gain weight and I have to build muscle and I have to eat. Um, so I think that's kind of where the switch kind of took place. It wasn't like bodybuilding saved me or like I found this lifestyle. It was kind of a combination of things. Like 
I saw that there was so much more that I was capable of than trying to be smaller, right. Or trying to restrict. Um, so I think, you know, through, do I, like, I help people with relationships with food and I very much relate to body image stuff, but I think one of my, where I'm kind of unique as a coach is my background with psychology, with going to therapists myself, with going to treatment centers. And I can kind of help people on that side of things. And I can also identify when something is kind of outside my scope of practice, right? When someone needs more help than what I can give them, right? Because yes, I work with people on their mindset, but I'm not a therapist, right? Yeah. And I feel like so much comes from experience, from your own experience. And people probably, okay, when you tell your story to a client, they probably resonate and they like already built that trust, which is so important for a client, right? And they open up a little bit more. Um, Talk a little bit about your clients. Uh, What type of clients you have? What do you coach? Um, What are your principles? And uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah. So most of my clients, uh, most of them are women. I have a couple guys, but most are women. Um, most, I have a couple competitors, um, a couple, um, I have two people in prep right now for, um, uh, you know, bodybuilding physique sports. And so I'm excited about that, but most of my clients are lifestyle and I really, I love education. So I love educating, you know, women, especially about like how to fuel their bodies. And, you know, I help people with building muscle, with losing weight, with, you know, improving their health. Um, But I think kind of helping people set up the foundation of good, solid nutrition and training to be able to take over, take into whichever phase they enter is really, you know, what I love doing. So, um, you know, with women, especially a lot of it is kind of breaking through like fears of eating carbs. Right. And, you know, I, so educating them, you know, about pre and post-workout nutrition and why your body needs carbs. And, um, yeah, I, I love like seeing not only the physical transformation, but that mental transformation of kind of understanding and, and for them to kind of understand their own bodies, um, through kind of our coaching, you know, relationship and as, as they evolve and, and, and learn more. Yeah, I feel like um, as a bikini competitor, and uh, you've been in this in, yeah, industry, I would say for a bit. Um, there's a fine line always, right? Um, you you want to compete, you want to be the best in that field, right? I mean, everybody goes in like that and 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 really works out hard and puts the effort in. Uh, but there's also the fine line of going over that line, you know, where it's it's not healthy anymore, you know. Um, what can you say? What can you give um, a future bikini competitor that is listening right now um, on their journey? Yeah, I would say this is a problem that I see specifically in the bikini division of bodybuilding, right? Is that I think people get in it for the wrong reasons a lot of times. Um, you know, like for social media clout, or they're chasing like trophies, or they're they, or, or it's kind of like a mask for kind of disordered body image stuff, and they want to keep that lean physique. Mm -hmm. So I guess my biggest piece of advice is, if you're going to get into this, you have to embrace all seasons, which also means taking time off, you know, taking off seasons, and not just taking a three month off season, like for females, 
we need time, you know, away from dieting, you know, to make sure our hormones are in a good spot to make sure we're building muscle and actually improving. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the line you have to walk with the sport is respecting every season of it. Um, and you talked before about the research um, in the lab. Um, how did this look like? What did you research on? What were the studies? Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so a couple of the studies are published, published, so I can talk a little bit more about them. But I was involved in at USF in um, under in Dr. Bill Campbell's lab, um, research on uh, diet breaks, which are super popular right now, that one's going to be published very soon. Um, uh, refeeds. So that would be, you know, when you're in a dieting phase, five low days, followed by two consecutive days at maintenance and kind of examining, uh, you know, how weight loss differed, you know, between the two groups and how metabolism differed, um, muscle mass performance. Um, and then I was also involved in a study or a case study on, on not on bodybuilders kind of in their off seasons. So what Dr. Bill Campbell does in his lab is he kind of talks to coaches, like I mentioned earlier, some names yeah. before and ask kind of like what they're doing, right? Like in the field with their clients, different strategies, right? And then he takes it into the lab um, and, and studies it in a more controlled setting. And obviously, you know, with the lab, there's restrictions, right? Um, you know, we're not monitoring people's food 24 seven, like we are, but we're not feeding them, right? So there are, is some discrepancies, you know, from real life to, to the lab, but um, you know, it was really cool for me to be able to work with a wide variety of people and learn what goes into a research study. So then, you know, when I'm reading research for myself, I can kind of decipher and kind of read through the lines and see, you know, what's practical here. Like, what can I take away from my clients, right? Exactly. Or myself. That's awesome. Um, so everybody wants to know, um, and everybody asks me, for example, as a coach, and probably you too, um, what do you do during a week? How does it look like um, with your workouts? How does it look like um, nutrition-wise? How do you sleep? What do you, how long do you sleep? And so on and so forth. Um, tell us a little bit about your routines. So me personally? Yeah, you personally. Yeah, so I, um, and this is what I always say to my clients, like, you know, you were asking before, like lifestyle versus bodybuilding, kind of like, mm -hmm. for me, like, I am like, I thrive off the structure, right? Like, so, you know, measuring my food, weighing my food, like being, you know, rigid with my workout timing, like, I thrive off of that. So I, you know, usually I like to, you know, when I wake up, I um, always take the dog for a walk, you know, it's part of my, my daily movement, get some vitamin D. Um, and I usually knock out a couple client check-ins uh, or any client work. And then I have my first meal um, and go to the gym and have my training. Uh, so that's normally like hour and a half on average, I would say, um, for, you know, time I warm up and, and cool down and everything. And then um, back home, I like to cool off again because I can be a little bit of a spaz. So I like to chill out and then I, then I eat my post-workout meal and then it's client check-ins and client programming again, you know, through the afternoon, evening, nice. um, sleep wise, I, I average like eight hours a night. So I do pretty good. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I always say seven and a half is minimum, you know, five yeah. cycles of 90 minutes. Um, so does that look like during, throughout the whole week like that? Um, are you working out every day? What's the frequency? Yeah. Uh, 
No, I do not work out every day. So you guys take your rest days, but I do, I train two days on one day off. So some weeks it's four days a week, some days it's five days a week, as far as how many days I'm, I'm, I'm lifting. Um, but on my rest days, you know, it's, that's where I love, like, um, you know, like I'll reserve like client programming, um, onboarding new clients, phone calls, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, meal prep, running errands, you know, all that stuff. Like people are like, what do you do on your rest days? I'm like, there's so much to do. <laughs> there's so much to do, exactly. And I mean, there's there's different kinds of rest, right? I mean, there's the rest where you lay on a couch or there's right. some active rest, um, uh, things that you can do too, like walks, right? Like maybe yeah. take a swim, maybe take a bike ride. Yeah, do I do a lot of walks, a lot of walks outside with the dog. I have a German shepherd, so oh. he needs the exercise. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm a big fan of active recovery too. Like, you know, you got to be careful with that, you know, because some people take it too far. But yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Like the active recovery is big. Nice. Um, so I want to go back to the eating disorder. I know it's, it's, a, it's a topic. It's a hot topic. Um, let's say you get a client with an eating, eating disorder. What are the steps? What are the first steps you would take? And how would you lead them through your programs? If someone has an eating disorder, I'm honestly referring them to a therapist. Like, and mm -hmm. I guess maybe what are some signs might be like a, something yeah. good to cover. So If someone is, you know, underweight, for example, um, and they come to me and they want to work together, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, they might have some food fears, right? Some anxiety about eating more, some anxiety about gaining weight. That doesn't necessarily mean they, you know, I can't work with them, right? If, yeah. But if I start working with somebody and they're not following the plan, right? They're scared to eat more. Yeah. They, you know, are constantly saying things like, I'm fat or, you know, I'm, you know, fluffy or this or that, and they're clearly not, um, and they're not progressing, then it's time for me to say, Hey, I think you need, you know, to talk to someone, you know, I think there's more going on here besides the food, because at the end of the day, eating disorders, um, are not about the food, right? There's something deeper going on something, you know, deeper mentally, emotionally that a therapist needs to help you kind of like talk through, right? Yeah. Um, other signs would be, you know, in this could be regardless of somebody's weight, um, okay. you know, binge eating, um, re recurrent binge eating, purging, you know, throwing up after you eat anything like that is, is red flags to me, um, that we need to, you know, kind of refer out, but there's kind of a line between like a full on eating disorder and like disordered eating. So yeah. I do have clients, I would say that struggle kind of on that disordered eating side, but it's not clinical. Right. And, and that's where, you know, I'm helping them work through a lot of times it's like fear foods. Um, so yeah. like for an example, like bread, right. Like that's an easy example, right. You're free to eat bread, free to eat a sandwich. So I might, you know, kind of have them kind of journal about like, where does that fear come from? Like, you know, what about like name everything about bread that is bad, right? Like, why is it bad? And then we kind of reframe some things. So, you know, for a lot of times I like to do food fear, like reintroductions, like post-workout, because that's yeah. a great time for me to say like, Hey, you know, you're scared of bread, but guess how much your body's going to love like a bagel, you know, pre or post-workout, like it's going to be a nice fast digesting carb, um, or like an English muffin, something like that, or believe it or not, a lot of women are scared of fruit. 
Like mm. people are terrified of fruit. I, poor fruit got such a bad rap. And I'm like, you know, so I like explain like where, you know, why, you know, getting that, um, you know, that fructose is actually a good thing, um, you know, around your workouts and, and stuff like that. And we slowly kind of work through those, those sort of things. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, with, with fruit, I don't know where it came from, right? I mean, it's, it, it's such a bad rap. And because of the sugar, I mean, obviously, if you overeat anything, right, then you're out of balance. Um, but I right. think if you have that every day in a, in a good amount, there's no, no issue with it. And you should have that uh, every day. Um, exactly. There's another hot topic. And I don't know your take on it. I saw on Instagram, uh, you posted a picture with um, supplements, with protein supplements. Mm -hmm. um, what's your take on, because there's thousands of supplements out there, what yeah. to take, what, to, what not to take, what is actually helpful. Maybe um, you did some research with it um, and what, is, what you, should you avoid, right? Um, Can you shed some light on supplements in general? Yeah. So I actually, so I work with a supplement company. I'm sponsored by um, Legion, Legion Athletics. And, but I still don't push supplements, right? You don't, do you need supplements? Like with protein powder, for example, um, you know, I think, you know, I recommend protein powder to my clients that are struggling to get enough protein, like from food. Um, I recommend it to people that maybe are just like, maybe our calories are really high and it's starting to get challenging to eat, you know, like food. Yeah. So it's just yeah. easier to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely a more, more of a, like a convenience thing. Um, and then, you know, as far as like, I'll go over like maybe some supplements that I, I do usually recommend just because they're hard to get through your diet. But in general, I'm going to say food first, right. Yeah. Um, creatine would be one that's like the most studied, supplement in the sports industry next to like caffeine yeah. and there's so many benefits. So I do recommend, you know, creatine. Um, I also usually recommend a high quality fish oil just because most of us aren't eating enough fish. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to eat salmon every day. Like I love salmon, but I just don't, you know, I just don't, sure. um, to get those healthy omega threes. Um, vitamin D is another one that a lot of people are just deficient in. So I'll usually recommend that. Um, you know, the protein, if they need it, a pre-workout, like if they want it, yeah. but again, we got to watch the stimulants, right? We yeah. don't want to overdo that. And with all of these, you know, supplements, we want to, we want to pay for quality. You know, uh, you know, I know like, like people go to like Costco and get like the jumbo fish oil, but there's more of a risk for those things to be kind of rancid and whatnot. So yeah. If you are going to use supplements, again, I'm always going to say food first and, you know, you don't necessarily need them yeah. um, unless we get blood work and see you're deficient in something. Right. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, if we do find that we need it or we do decide that we're going to take supplements, mm -hmm. go all in on it. Right. Like, don't, you know, don't try to get the cheap protein powder because you might be getting some stuff that's really just not good quality and, and could even harm your body. And I, and I feel like um, most of the people, they see it more as, not as a supplement, right? It says the name or, already. It's, it's a supplement, um, yeah. something that you're lacking uh, in. Maybe you should supplement with like a supplement, right? Um, right. <laughs> um, and, and most of the people don't see it like this. They, they see it, okay, I need three sh uh, protein shakes a day, but are you not eating protein at all and yeah. too much is also not not good for some organs right so um 
what is yeah. something that you would not recommend when you take supplements and what supplements would you not recommend? That's a good point because yeah, a lot of people take supplements to like cover things up, right? Yeah. Like to like, I'll give you a good, good example, like greens powders, like powdered greens powders. Mm. I see a lot of people, not my clients, because I don't let them do this, but <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of people, they're like, oh, I don't like veggies or I don't want to eat my veggies. So I'm just going to take a greens powder. And a lot of companies have just a lot of fillers in those. Um, I've seen some people have digestion is issues with those. Um, so you got to be careful. Same thing like a fat burner. Like a lot of those green ingredients just don't hold up. Now I will say for someone that's doing everything right, right? You're doing everything right. And we're in a fat loss phase, taking something like Yohimbean has some research to support it. And yeah. if we're careful, it might give you the extra edge, right? But for your general person out there listening, you know, no, you know, you, you exactly. don't need that. And or different supplements too, like without testing, like could be harmful. Like, um, like women, for example, taking dim, I'm not sure if your audience yeah. is familiar mm -hmm. with that, but like, you know, people take dim to, you know, lower estrogen help with estrogen detoxification, but you might be someone that your estrogen is actually too low. And you, you know, if you take dim, you're just driving it lower, lower. Yeah, so, exactly. so you just have to be careful. And I feel like uh, most of the people, and I'm actually a fan of experimenting, but it shouldn't be like going out of like, like the norm, you know, like you, you want right. to experiment with your body. It's, it's good to experiment. I've taken a lot of supplements in the past and just experiment for months on how I feel after or what it does for me. But I feel like um, you also need to know um, your blood levels, right? Yeah. I think that that's really important. Um, and uh, then you can actually optimize it, right? If you yeah. don't know them, you, you might take it too much or you might not take enough. So it's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Absolutely. Cause like, like you're saying, like I also experiment, like I take a good amount of supplements, but I also am very careful and I get my blood work done. Right. Exactly. Um, talking about digestion, um, because that's a big thing too. Um, food, yeah that make you bloat or you digest, you digest them um, like really um, fast or slow. What are good foods before a workout and right after? Yeah. So before actually, you know, pre and post-workout nutrition, it's going to look pretty similar. Like your pre-workout and post-workout meal, it's just going to be like kind of quantities. Yeah. Um, so pre-workout, you know, you want like that fast digesting carbohydrate, um, I like to recommend like having multiple transportable carbs. So what I mean by that is like a great real life example would be like uh, a banana and cream of rice, right? So you get the cream of rice. That's just basically ground up rice. It's a simple carb. Yeah. And then you get the banana that's got fructose, you know, and, and glucose in it. And you get both those carbohydrates, um, you know, to fuel your workout. And then you want to have anywhere from like 20 to 40 grams of protein, you know, pre-workout would yeah. be a great, you know, meal about an hour or so before mm -hmm. and quantities are going to look different based off the person. And then maybe like a little bit of fat in there to keep blood sugar, you know, steady. So like a tablespoon of nut butter, something like that, a little bit of coconut oil, whatever it is. Um, and then post-workout that's where I, you know, recommend having, you know, 
decent amount of carbs. And again, going to depend on you, but, um, you know, a similar kind of, maybe it's some Jasmine rice and some pineapple and chicken breast. Right. And I know like, I mean, I eat very bro, so that might sound like a weird combo to people, but you know, it, it gets, it gets done, right. And it's, it's your, you know, both, you know, get that fructose and glucose and then, you know, a good, 30, you know, 40 grams of protein or something like that, you know, again, depending on your goals. Yeah, really good advice here. And I think it's so important, um, especially um, when you have a workout routine that you fuel, fuel your body um, before yeah. a workout, right? Um, super important. Um, and, and then and also after. I, I didn't say protein shake immediately after your workout. Like you, you don't have to do that. You know, exactly. you can wait an hour, you know, and, and have something at home. Exactly. So I want to put you a little bit on the spot um, okay. because <laughs> you're in the fitness industry. Um, let's say, uh, where does Sarah Ford Bishop see herself in 10 years? So I said, I love educating. So I would love to see, like, I see myself on like a larger platform. So I think, you know, speaking, I would love to have some type of I don't know what it would be yet, but like a course or, you know, some type of like large scale educational platform right. for people. Um, Cause I feel like I do really kind of thrive off, off that, you know, so, so coaching, um, but like more in a bigger educational kind of bigger format. scale. Um, and what would be the topic be like? Oh man. I think, <laughs> I think again, I do love like educating, I think specifically women about, and because of my background about yep. fueling your body, about training hard, eating enough, um, and not always just wanting to jump on a fat loss mm. or a diet. Right. And, and allowing yourself that time to, you know, build muscle. And if you want to, even if you just want to look toned, right. Quote unquote toned, like yeah. you got to get build muscle to do that. So. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, Nowadays, with all the diets, with all the crazy fats where you say, okay, I, I can get a six pack in seven days, right? Stuff like this that is out there on social media, on certain platforms. Um, I feel like building a lifestyle is the most important thing. And that's the most important thing we as coaches can teach. Um, exactly. I'm, sure agree, I'm sure you agree with that. And um, I feel like every, every client that I had that really implemented a lifestyle, they never lost it. You know, it's just um, what it is. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure you, you can say the same about that. Yeah. You have to have that foundation, right? Like before, I mean, you'll just be so much more successful if you have that foundation. Yeah. Um, so at the end, I always uh, want to give you the freedom to share your links where, where people can find you. You have a podcast as well, obviously. Um, so where, where can people find you? Yeah. So I would say I'm mostly active on Instagram. So that's just at Sarah Ford Bishop. Um, and then my podcast is Unfiltered Fitness Radio. Um, so I got about like 20 episodes. So just kind of started that up. Um, so, nice. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. And um, yeah, the listeners will love the episode and uh, maybe we can do this in the future again. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. 
We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark. Hopefully you're feeling fired up and motivated to get going. All it takes is just 30 minutes per day. Get your hands on Coach Mark's incredible free workout challenge or join him live for an online workout every single week by going straight to completethechallenge.com. Super easy to remember, completethechallenge.com. Don't forget, the key to results is consistency. Join us for the next episode of Everyday Fitness with me, Coach Mark, every Monday and Thursday. 